Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Full Access OK. My name is Skyler Cooper. I'm here with Steve Berg. Hello. We are from the KRMG Afternoon News every weekday afternoon on 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk, 4 to 6 p.m. Here on this podcast, we want to remind you of cool things that are around Tulsa to go see and do or perhaps get you to try something new that you haven't done or do something you haven't done in a while. And this week is no exception as we go out to Gathering Place, the $465 million park along the Arkansas River. And in just five years, Gathering Place has become one of Tulsa's, really, its crown jewels, transforming the landscape, and it's about to celebrate its fifth birthday. So we thought, what better time to make a trip to what most would agree is the city's grandest community park, Steve. 66 acres of amazing playgrounds and botanical displays and wetlands and wooded areas and sports courts and skate parks and even cozy seating by a lodge fireplace. There's such a myriad of different experiences at Gathering Place, it's hard to really sum it up in one word or even one sentence. That's true. So we decided to give the relatively new executive director, Julio Bedin, a chance to give us some of his first impressions of the park. He's been here about two years now after a long career in hospitality and customer experience at places like Walt Disney Company and at DFW Airport. We have a lot of history that we know about Gathering Place, but we wanted to talk to you today, Julio, to get maybe people around Tulsa who came around that time of opening day and they haven't come back or maybe they haven't been in a long time and something has changed. First thing that strikes me is the growth of all of the nature, which was, I don't know what you'd give a percentage to of the planning of the park, but that's a big, big part of it is the nature of the trees and the plants. So I know you've only been here two years, but that's enough to probably see some change. What do you think is the biggest thing that's changed so far? Well, I, I think you sort of hit it. Uh, it's, it's just how much it's grown in five years. And so, if you actually go back to the photos on opening day, everything was very manicured and all the trees were small and, and, and we had sort of this idea of a concept that would you have to grow into, right? And now you fast forward five years and the park is lush and the trees have really grown and, and, and the wildflowers, which we have like 16 acres worth, are just evolving and it's just, it's just a sight to see. It feels it feels like it's been around a little longer than five years, you know, just because of how rich it's gotten. But I think the other thing is just how quickly it's become synonymous with Tulsa. So this this feeling that when you come to Tulsa, um, and I get this a lot from people out here, they, they bring their friends and their families who are visiting and they bring it here and it's a source of pride to be able to say, we have this in Tulsa. So I think that just in those short five years, it's just become synonymous with you know, what's so cool about Tulsa. I can admit that's something I do. I bring people here and I'm, I can't wait to show them everything. And because of the history I have covering this in the news, I've, I feel like a tour guide, yeah. you know, like a sort of unofficial ambassador for the park because of that. Now, you mentioned 16 acres of the wildflowers and such, but I remember when we were doing stories about an opening, certain acreages were mentioned. So what is the total size of Gathering Place? 
Uh, it's 66 and a half acres, when, and especially when we finish out the area by the river, which will open next year. But uh, yeah, it plays a little bit longer than and bigger than it is, but it is 66 and a half acres with more acres uh, to think about in the future. You make a good point. You talked about when the part by the river opens kind of demonstrates that Gathering Place continues to evolve. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's still what we call part of the phase one, but uh, with the building of the bridge, which, t- which it takes a little longer, and then of course the city is doing some work down there as well, so there's a nice new flume coming from the city. But we also, that'll be the first time that we actually have acreage that goes directly to the water on the north side of the bridge, which is you know called Zinc Lake. So it's exciting to see that people will be able to come to Gathering Place and go very easily all the way down to the waterfront. Yeah, you'll have the new, I mentioned the new bridge. It'll be unrecognizable for somebody who's maybe been gone 10 years. And we actually hear from listeners like that sometimes. They'll say, hey, I moved to, I moved to California for a while and now I'm back. What's that? You know, <laughs> like what, what's the story on that? So as a person who moved into Tulsa yourself, is that something that people are often surprised by that something of this magnitude is, is here? Yeah, actually, I think so. Um, I've had people come visit. I've had friends from California and from Texas both come down, come and visit, and their first comment is like, I had no idea, you know, about Tulsa. Uh, and I know a lot of Tulsans are like, that's good. But, uh, but uh, I think that people are surprised in a positive way. You know, you go down in, uh, in a lot of the areas. I mean, first of all, Tulsa is a well-kept community in the sense that it's, it looks good. You know, and uh, while, while there's always opportunity to improve, I, you know, I think the first thing that people say to me is like, wow, it's really a nice, clean and, and fun community. And then, you know, they come to the park and like all of us who get to share uh, our park with, with, with our friends, they're, they're just blown away. Uh, and so I do think that um, it's just surprising. But then at the same time, after you spend a few minutes with the people here, you start to understand why, because there's just this feeling of we can do it and we can make it happen. And that's part of the reason why I came here is I was just really enthralled by just the community itself. One of the things that struck me so powerfully on opening day, I told you I was here 12 hours, and as it got dark, and I just kept doing laps and walking around and checking out each zone, and just listening. You know, the site was beautiful enough, but then listening to the people, and you could hear as you walk, little chatter, oh my gosh, look at that, or this is so pretty, or just people who were sitting around Peggy's Pond, just watching, and I got some pictures from behind. So I can tell you from day one, the community was like, oh, this is our park, yes it is. There's no doubt. Um, I don't have to sell the park, they (laughs) sell it. I I walk and I listen to people um, politely, and I'm just blown away by the the pride that they have in the park, and and the city as well, because they're talking about all the other things that are here too, which is surprising. Like, when I first got here, I'm like, wow, there's a ballet, there's, you know, there's a performing arts center, and there's a nice music community here, and I think that's cool, you know? And so I think it's a a perfect blend of, like, big city, but also small town. And and I just, I don't know, it's appealing. It really is. And Steve, we both grew up here, but I didn't come over this way much as I was younger, but do you remember this area well and what it was or I guess wasn't? Oh, absolutely. I hate to admit that I'm this old, but when I was a kid, they had just built the first section of the river trail. I think it went from maybe 41st to 21st, if that. may have been from 31st to 21st. But then, of course, they had, uh, I can't remember the name of it, the, the white mansion that sat out here, and this was just a big, flat, grassy lawn. I guess 66 acres worth yeah. of grassy lawn, and it just looked like basically 
you know, someone's front yard. I mean, there weren't really many trees to speak of. So yeah, for me and for anyone, longtime Tulsan, uh, who remembers what it used to be, I mean, the transformation is just remarkable. So we just had to look it up. That house that was torn down was the Blair Mansion. And when you look at the old pictures and video from old news stories, you're reminded just how much things have changed at that spot of land and also about how there was some angst mixed in with the excitement about the new park. And Julio told us that, yes, he still meets people all the time, longtime Tolsons even, who have yet to make a trip to Gathering Place, which is part of why we're doing this. If you're listening to us, you need to try it. Julio gave us an outline of what you can expect. Let's talk about the zones a little bit. So we're sitting right outside Williams Lodge on, is this called the patio? Mm -hmm. So how do you describe this first area if people come in from the north? Well, the whole concept of this is sort of revealed in different rooms, right? And so there's, I think, 16 different areas that you go in. And, and Michael Van Valkenburg and Associates, they're the architects that uh, built this park. There's no direct way to get anywhere. So you start and you'll see that things wind from place to place. But this is sort of our, our entry. Uh, this area here is, is sort of the welcome piece to it. And you have the lodge, which is a very rustic looking lodge. And again, we were talking a little bit earlier about the type of materials used. And uh, it just blows me away to have that kind of design in the park that's you know free to the public. Uh, and so this whole area is really just sort of the, the, the entry entryway, if I, if I, I would say, um, where you have all your amenities and um, the things to sort of get you started. And then you sort of head out in the park and you just different areas unveil with different sort of types of focus, whether it's the Adventure Playground, which obviously is five acres of bliss for children. Um, but then if you can go over to the Willow Beach area and the wetlands area, and then you wrap around and you go and the Great Lawn unveils, right? And so you have five acres of just lush green pasture, right? And then you can just hang out there, but you can keep going in, you know, as you keep going along the uh, Arkansas River, then you go in and you see Sky Garden, which is a botanical style garden with types of uh, floral that you see throughout Oklahoma, but all in one area and curated. And, you know, during different parts of the year because of the milkweed and the things like that, you'll see all these monarch butterflies there. And so the butterfly community comes out and they hang out and they study the butterflies and it's quite compelling, right? And it just all the way down the park, you have just these different sections that are sort of curated for different experiences. On the playground, you said you used to work for Disney yeah. and some of the things here impressed you that even Disney doesn't do. So how does that playground stack up with other parks that you've either worked at or seen? So when I first got here, it was cracking me up how many people came to me and say, where do we pay? Right, literally, like, like where, where do you pay for this, you know? And um, what I love about this is Disney had areas that were sort of interactive areas that were more old school, playground style. Granted, Disney does things great, but it's designed for huge abuse and lots of different people. And I looked at this and the attention to detail is just another level and it's all the way up. So every single piece, you know, at Disney we do a good job of sort of the stuff that doesn't need to be designed like that doesn't have to be designed like that. But, but here it's just like the curbs are made of stone, you know, and so they're one of a kind, each curb as you're going through the park. You know, the ground here, the pathways are all exposed aggregate, which are native to Oklahoma from a quarry down the river, you know. So I just, that level of detail and that lo that level of love for this area and then reflecting it back into this environment, I just think is 
is amazing. And the, the, the whole playground is like that. I got to mention the, the sounds we're hearing behind you, because that's one of my favorite stories of this place, too. Sensory Garden, um, kind of walk through the mirrors, and then you get back to those instruments. Yeah. Tell us that story. Yeah, uh, well, the park in this area was designed in a way that it, it's not just about going and climbing stuff. It's about imagination. It's about education. And so the idea of being able to uh, unlock all the senses was something that was very important in the design. And so, yeah, Sensory Garden, you go in and you engage on all sensory levels, whether it's playing some of the instruments or playing hide-and-seek uh, or going through the maze and trying to get from one end to the other. There's also apparatus there where you can talk to somebody from one side to the other side. So there's just a lot of interactive elements that kids can just, whatever their imagination is, they can make happen. And so that area is just replete with those kinds of, of experiences. What are the numbers looking like for visitation? I know in the first couple of years we would mention it in the news because there were so many, but I remember hearing, well, yeah, when something's new, it's going to kind of have that in, that swell and then it'll level out. How has that leveling out looked like? Yeah, you know, it's funny in the theme park. So I come from the theme park industry, um, parks and resorts. And so uh, the first few years, you, you sort of know that those are what well, what's the word? They're, they're just they're they're not normal. Right. And then you get to a place where you sustain. And we think about like year four, year three or four and then into year five. And so we're almost here into year five. And so we're looking at about like two million a year. It seems to be pretty consistent over the last few years. It's been hard for us because of all the things that have happened in the last five years. And so it's not been the smoothest five years I've ever seen. Um, but uh, that part has remained pretty consistent. You're right, there have been a lot of challenges. I mean, six months in, it floods. Yeah. Uh, a year later, you have a global pandemic. Right. And just this last June, you have a windstorm, which you were saying actually impacted the park pretty severe way too. Yeah, you know, that, that windstorm, which impacted the whole city, um, it was, was impactful here. We lost, I think, about 11 of our larger trees, which, you know, every tree we care about and, you know, we pay, <laughs> I mean, literally we, we, we curate every, you know, every, especially the 300 original legacy trees. Uh, many will remember that we actually did have to close that first day a lot of the park. The park team, which I have to call them out because they're, they're incredible, they were able to get like 90% of the park in back in operation like three days, which is unheard of. I always hate to ask about the future because it implies that I don't appreciate what is here already, but I can't help but be curious what's next. We've already mentioned the area that's going to be opened up by the river, uh, which is going to be a watershed event, pun intended, <laughs> to get people actually interacting with the river for maybe the first time in Tulsa history that certainly I can remember in my lifetime, uh, nobody even thought about going down to the river. So that's going to be a huge change. But tell us what else is on the horizon. Well, I think all eyes are on the river. There's, there's no doubt that that's the big focus for now. And, you know, to see, um, to see all of it come together, because you have the dam that was put in, then you have the new bridge. By the way, that bridge is spectacular. It's the first of its kind in this country. You know, it's very open and it has a big curve to it. So when you walk out, you actually walk out into the river. It just feels a little different than a normal bridge because it, it really takes you out into the water and then back over, you know, and then from there you can see the views going, you know, if you look north, you see the city. If you go south, you see the new 
water feature that's going in um, by the city. Um, and then, of course, you can see the dam that was just built there. If all goes well, everything to the north of that is the lake, and people can get on, you know, get in their kayaks and whatever and really enjoy it. For us, it's exciting because we're building, you know, the lawn that we have that starts at the Great Lawn by Peggy's Pond comes up and over and then finishes down to the Arkansas River. And so when that happens, that'll be the, the final part of the lawn and we'll be able to program down there. We'll be able to do concerts and shows and events for children and just lots of different things and people will be able to hang out uh, along the river. So that's that's really exciting for us and, and I'm excited to be able to get that open next Labor Day weekend if all goes well. And then we have the 30 plus acres on the other side that currently people park on next to the Discovery Lab. And so there's a lot of uh, th thought going behind that. Uh, and I know that there's intent, and so um, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, uh, we'll be able to share a little bit more about that. We tried to get some hints about what some of the plans are for that last 30 or so acres, but no luck. Yeah, and this is no easy decision, right? Because once that 30 acres is developed, they're kind of locked in geographically. Right. Meantime, though, that new pedestrian bridge will once again connect to the west side which will be huge, as well as access to the river. We think with 2 million visitors a year, I think Julio said, it's safe to say that most people are happy with how Gathering Place turned out and how it's going. Yeah, for sure. And for me personally, it's one of my favorite things that we've ever covered at KRMG or here on this podcast, because I got to see it from start to finish, literally piles of dirt driving around out there on hard hats to uh, the day it opened. So much uh, fun and memories on that. So if you haven't been or if it's been a while, Go check out Gathering Place on Riverside. It's well worth your time. This has been Full Access OK. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.